Hello and welcome to the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are talking about the Bad Batch Episode 6. It is right now 2.33 a.m. in the morning central time. That means this episode has been out for exactly 33 minutes. We watched it, we thought about it, we're about to talk about it, and then maybe we'll go to sleep? But who knows? First, a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. My name is Matthew. I'm your host. Folks, I'm going to be honest. The Bad Batch coverage, you know, I know we've been kind of a little all over the place in terms of who the guests have been. We had a plan about, you know, working with the folks on the Animation Deliberation podcast. We're still doing that as much as we can. Then kind of schedules got wonky. Then we thought maybe we would do live recordings of it. Then schedules got, then there was MODOK and then schedules got wonky again. And now I have to actually hit the road at noon tomorrow, or also known as today, also known as in ten and a half hours. So... <laughs> We just thought, you know what, we're going to go ahead and record it. I think we thought uh, we got wires crossed with another person we thought was going to join us, but right now we have myself, Paul Hoppy. We're kind of going back to basics uh, to talk about the Bad Batch. So, Paul, it's only 12.30 where you're at, so you are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I'm sure. How are you doing today, and uh, what are you thinking about the Bad Batch episode? Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I'm ready to kick it old school. Uh, I enjoyed this episode. I've I've been enjoying the show overall. There's there's only like one thing that I'm like, all right, okay, I guess we're gonna do that. Uh, uh, but overall, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and um, I'm enjoying the journey. Being kind of a slow, not really in a hurry to get to a place. Kind of, it's about the process, sort of feeling yeah. for me. I I think I'm coming around to that. I'm still. You know, one or two episodes ago, I thought we were doing the journey, but it was going to be that kind of, you know, every episode was episodic, but also moved the kind of overall story ahead a little bit. And we've now had, I think, two, maybe three episodes in a row where there was no crosshair, no Tarkin, nothing about kind of what's happening back in that world. And I'm definitely missing it a bit. I, mm-hmm. I wish we were getting more of that story, but it is possible that, like, there's not we know we kind of know where they're supposed to wind up, so maybe there's not that far for it to go. And I think now we're more getting that it's not actually quite that same story arc. Although now maybe we're getting more of the arc of like the the very beginning of the rebellion, which we're sort of see, mm-hmm. seeing a little bits here. And that probably you know Crosshair is just going to come back for the last one or two episodes. Which, yeah, and maybe like show up every like three to five episodes or something like that. Who knows? Right. I mean, that's the other thing is that I think. The recent Marvel shows have kind of taught, you know, we're kind of having to go back to more episodic TV. We are six episodes in. We're not halfway into the season yet. That's true. That's true. There's not a lot of shows these days that have this many episodes, right? Right. Um, You know, I mean, you you see a show that has ten episodes, you're like, oh, that's longer than these eight episode or six episode series. So, yeah, it's like you're probably not going to have a 16 part arc like you're gonna have a lot of what some people would call filler episodes um and if the writing's not that good it'll feel that way but i feel like each of the episodes has done something to develop the characters Mm -hmm. to move like their arc forward without moving this like big plot heavy arc forward right and certainly we got a we got one hell of a cliffhanger in terms of the uh, who a character is. Right. But yeah. It's teaser let, kind of. For the um for those who haven't seen the episode, uh, I just want to kind of follow along. Let me give you kind of a quick summary, and Paul, as always, fill in the gaps. So our heroes are still hanging out with Sid, where they were from last episode. Uh, Omega, Omega, 
uh, Omega Omega has tried is now trying to learn the laser bow that she kind of picked up at the end of the last episode. And at first, she's kind of hitting some shots, and then she's having trouble, and she's struggling. And it, it's in part because she like you know her arms aren't quite strong enough, and she's having trouble with that. And there's some fun moments there. And Sid then once again kind of makes it very clear this team works for her, and she's got a mission for them. And there's some some you know, kind of back and forth of oh we don't know if we're we're working for you. And Sid just says no no you're working for us. That's that's decided. <laughs> and what Sid wants is the head of a battle droid. Uh, the uh, uh, tactical droid. Mm-hmm. We saw the tactical droids a lot in the Clone Wars, some in Rebels. Actually, no, not in Rebels. In, in the Clone Wars. And there good, was one in Rebels, I think. Spoiler alert. I think it's right, yeah. And they're, they're, they learn, is what they can do. And they're very good tacticians, and they were also... They were often involved in some of the better battles of the... Uh, where where the, the droids were able to fight better. Uh, my English is very good at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> So droids anyways, fight good with bad, with bad <laughs> tactic droid. Yes, exactly. So anyway, they um, our heroes go to the planet to try and go to this place where the droids are being melted down. Uh, because once again, apparently big pits of lava are just like a thing uh, in the Star Wars universe. So many pits of lava. Once again, workplace safety conditions. Like, where is OSHA? There's just nothing of that. Uh, and so, and then uh, we get basically a 15 minute battle. And while they're fighting with the security droids and they're fighting with others, trying to get the, trying to basically steal the head of this droid because the head is where its computer is. That's all they need. And along the way, they run into the Martez sisters. Uh, the Martez sisters, uh, if you were a fan of the Clone Wars, uh, they showed up in season seven. Two great characters who interacted with Ahsoka Tano. We'll talk more about them in a bit. But they're kind of also kind of like, you know, out people on the outs, you know, kind of on the scum and villainy side of things, but with a good heart. And it turns out they are also trying to steal the head of this battle of this tactical droid. So fight, 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 shoot, 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 banter, banter, banter. Uh, you know our heroes are working against the Martezes, but then they have to work together, and then they're being upset at each other, and then they're working together again. And at the end of the day, um, it basically takes all the boxes that you'd expect. You know, Wrecker gets almost knocked, pretty much knocked out of the fight. It seems like very much a video game thing. Like, his health bar is really low. <laughs> um, he, he takes a number of laser shots. He's like, okay, I, I need to sit da- lay down for a while. He says at one point, good soldiers, as though it's like the good soldiers follow orders. And he kind of hears that sentence in his head from Crosshair. So all the stuff we've been thinking about in terms of the, uh, the chip in his head still being active, I think we're definitely seeing more of that. But he then gets to come save the day at a fun time. Rafa, one of the Martez sisters, says, like, oh, yeah, he's the one I like. Omega gets to figure out just how to use the bow just at the right time. The droids, uh, they use the tactical droid to get battle droids to come into the fight and help them, which is a fun moment, especially because they don't say the evil two words. So that wasn't too bad. Omega almost falls in the lava. We learn that once again in the Star Wars universe, physics works that proximity to extreme heat is completely safe. Totally fine. As long as you don't physically touch the heat. Yeah. Uh, which I'll have to remember next time. And then we get away. Uh, we learn uh, towards the end that the Martez sisters are, they want the battle droid, not just like to sell it to whoever, but because they're trying to help people fight the Empire. And at the very end, they lose the head, but Hunter uh, Tech was able to download the data from the droid. Hunter decides to give it to them because they're doing it for a good cause. They have a little bit of a conversation about, like, you know, what does a good soldier do in this point in time? And then as the Martez, Martez sisters fly away, they are talking to a hologram 
who seems to be wearing a robe of a, oh, I don't know, perhaps Jedi, you know, sort of robe. And saying like, hey, we, we worked with some droids. They seem to be on our side. And then just when you think the camera is going to show the face of the person in the robe, but of course, you know, it's not credits. Right. <laughs> a little force music there, too, I think. It was like yeah. the first half of the, the theme. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say steal or rescue the battle dro- the uh, tactical droid head. That, I mean, it was about to be destroyed. That's legit. <laughs> Although, you know, take all the data from its head and then throw it right back on the trash heap. It yeah, could be rescue not, not quite as much. I mean, it was more of a rescue mission, and then it got shot in the <laughs> head after they extracted the data, and were like, "Yeah, we don't need the head." Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about the Martez sisters for a second because mm. I was I I loved them in Clone Wars. They only showed up in this one four-episode arc with um, Ahsoka Tano when she was kind of on the run. And they're they're presented as kind of being, you know, like, they're some of the first civilians Ahsoka comes into, ta- uh, Ahsoka comes into contact with. And they don't love the Jedi the way everyone thinks they do. Yeah. Uh, the, way, the way she thinks, like, all the civilians do. And they, they become kind of the voice of the people who are like, eh, this Clone Wars, it's just a Jedi, you know, ego trip and it's hurting all of us. Uh, earlier today, Paul recorded a different. Paul and I recorded a different episode where we were talking about, uh, among other things, the uh, what happens when heroes, you know, collateral damage. And we talked about um, Wakanda, where Wanda tries to save one group of people, and in doing so, basically puts a different group of people in danger, and they all die. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, that's the exact fi- uh, story of the Martez family. That there was a, a moment in the Clone Wars. It's kind of a fun callback to something that happened many seasons ago. But where uh, Cad Bane, a bounty hunter, was trying to rescue Zero the Hut, uh, break him out of prison. Uh, they knocked a transport uh, ship out of the air. It was going to crash on a crowded platform. And a Jedi diverted the, crowded, the, the ship away from the crowded platform into a building. Uh, and in that building were the Martez sisters' uh, parents. And the Jedi came along and basically said, oh, I'm so sorry, thoughts and prayers, and, <laughs> you know, left the Martezes yeah. feeling kind of bitter about the Jedi. Yeah. Um, so just one one detail, I think is Nigeria, right? Where um, Wanda... Yeah. What did I say? Uh, Wakanda. Oh, yeah. It is a group of Wakandan students in mm-hmm. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get killed. Um, among others, but that that's right. one of the reasons that... Um, T'Chaka is so, you know, involved, right? Um, and, yeah, the I had kind of forgotten that aspect of their bats backstory. I kind of just remembered, like, they didn't like Jedi until they met right. Ahsoka. And they're like, all right, you're okay. You know? Um, so it's interesting kind of seeing them on the side of the rebellion here, uh, or the budding rebellion. Like, that they they didn't really like the Jedi, and they didn't really seem to like the Republic that much. But they're also really not down with the Empire, you know. Right. So, um, but they're from Coruscant, right? So I would imagine right. when the Empire starts getting really empirey, um, you know, they they might be some of the first people affected, right? They right. live on on that core system, so or planet. Like what, one thing that Clone Wars had kind of established is that you know Coruscant was not a bastion of law and order; that there was a thriving underworld. And that there was a lot of, you know, kind of people doing kind of like shady things and living shady lives and and kind of existing not as like full-on criminals, but, you know, kind of, you know, cutting corners when they need to. Yeah. And and my impression is that the Martez sisters were very much that, sometimes getting into more trouble than they needed, sometimes being okay. And yeah, I'm guessing the Empire is really cracking down on that and being much more like, nope, everything's going to be by the book now. 
And that's when the Martez sisters are like, F this. We need to, you know, get involved with something else. Right, exactly. And especially the older sister, right? I think was more, in, like, kind of got them into some shit. Whereas the younger right. sister was more like, I want to work on my spaceship and then see the stars. And, I mean, yeah. I guess good thing that she got that spaceship running. I guess we yeah. saw the same ship, right? That's the same ship. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think it's called the Silver Angel. Right, right. Yeah, and I feel like we, we didn't get as satisfying a shot of it. Or maybe I just wasn't thinking about it then then um but yeah I, I really enjoyed seeing them show up like as soon as one i was like oh who, uh, okay okay yeah. you know um so obviously like the cloaked figure my first guess would be that it would be ahsoka because if it's some sort of you know forcey type person um right. you know i mean obi-wan's off living that harsh desert life i think right, right. by now but i mean well, we'll I mean, see but i think that's the most likely this is like a week after things. Uh, I, I get, we don't even know how much time has passed. So it might be a week. It might be a couple weeks. Obi-Wan might like still be in transit to Tatooine at this mm. point. We don't really know. I, I, um, I feel like it's probably been a little longer than that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we've, we've had a few few missions, right? Yeah. I, I think I think we're, yeah, I think that's actually right. I think we've gotten the sense like we're probably a couple of months into the, the Empire's takeover. Although, now. like, Star Wars and time, like, who knows? Also, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I think Ahsoka is a good bet, and it would be, certainly we know we're getting a lot more of her character over the next couple of different shows, and so I think it would be kind of fun to, and and then, yeah, I don't, that's, that, now that's interesting, because we know she shows up in more animated stuff, like I was sort of wondering, I, I think she's still too young that they, they wouldn't have Rosaria Dawson voice her, they would still have oh, the yeah. person who voiced her animated uh, person. For sure. Uh, persona. So, yeah, I think that could be fun. Um. What else, what else kind of jumped out at you from this episode? Um, so a couple things on Omega. Um, yep. Could use a helmet, I think. Could use a helmet. You know, it's the kind of classic we want to show this character's face, so we're not going to protect their cranium. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, I feel like isn't a bow a lot harder for a kid to use than a blaster? Yeah, especially since... I, I she was so that, good with the blaster! Yeah, I, I hope there's an explanation for this, but I feel like it might well be... That her aim has the power of plot right now. That like she's good yes. aiming um, because in the first first you know block of episodes, the first time she ever uses a blaster, yeah, she shoots the bla- the rifle out of Crosshair's hands with like perfect accuracy. Mm-hmm. Now she's re- but you're right. Also, a blaster doesn't take arm strength. Right. A bow. They talk about her needing stronger arms, which apparently she does like fifty million dumbbell curls while she's on the ship because right. now she has strong arms good. again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. get the idea that like she found this bow and so she's kind of like you know weapon bonded to it. Right. Um. You know I think that's you know that's a thing in very D and D quest. Yeah. Kind of video thing. games. You know you pick it up. You can't give it to somebody else now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm not sure. It. it, it it did seem a little silly to me that she's the one who has to learn the bow, but, you know, she gets to learn it. And I think it's cool to get to, to see a new kind of weapon. We I saw agree. bows like that being used uh, on Dathomir in the Clone Wars and, and other episodes, but we haven't really seen uh, one of our heroes use it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels a little bit like they wanted to sell a toy. Yeah. <laughs> to I be honest. That's also very, very <laughs> you possible. Know? But I do like, I, I like diversity in weapons in mm-hmm. any kind of um, action story, right? I think when, when you have different characters who have different styles, and if they have weapons, if they have different weapons, I think it's just much more visually interesting. And right. also, just from a story standpoint, you know, different characters having different styles, it, there's just kind of more things you can do with it. And it makes fight scenes feel a little less dramatic. 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, one of my complaints about a lot of stuff these days is like, you just get so much, you either get like this dark action where you can't see what's going on, or you get just like energy blast versus energy blast. And it's like, okay, I've, I've seen energy blasts against each other, like a lot of times now, yeah. you know, like show me something new, like that weird kick move where like Mando kicks up the spear and hits, um, oh yeah. Chicken man with, uh, <laughs> you know, with the bottom of yeah. the spear. Like every time I see something, I'm like, oh, that's that's some new shit, you know. And so the, I, I appreciate it visually. There were definitely episodes, especially in the early seasons of the Clone Wars, where you had a bunch of droids on one side of the screen, a bunch of clones on the other, and then it looked like they just gave two six year olds a red and blue marker <laughs> and let them just like draw lots of like laser lines. Right. So right. yeah, it's nice to see some more battles like that. Yeah. So um, it's, oh no, good. I was gonna say, speaking of droids, um, mm-hmm. I I got I felt like a little emotional when all the droids got like reanimated. Okay. So like they're they're showing. I know I know how you feel <laughs> <laughs> about the battle droids. I feel different, partially because uh, I watch them in Spanish, where they say "entendido" instead of like "Roger Roger," right? Right. Uh, and they they didn't say that this episode, but like they're being massacred. Like, you know, decommissioned, sure, but it's like it's genocide minus, like, genes. They don't have genes. Right. But we see, you know, they've been played for comedy so much, but in a way where they're clearly aware of, like, their own mortality. Right. You know, there's a level of self-awareness that's played for comedy that, I I don't know, like, if you give it too much thought is, is pretty upsetting. But, like, seeing them all, like, reanimated and then they're, um, you know, and then they're fighting on the same side as the clones right as the bad batch and the bad batch are like oh well this is different yeah (laughs) you know yeah Wrecker Um, says like what a strange experience this is but that he's here for it yeah like i don't know like i i I felt that like awesome yeah i'm glad you felt that i certainly i definitely agree that the the humor of their being like oh no as they like you know get thrown off cliffs and stuff like that uh on the episodes we did on this podcast about the clone wars uh, Riki, Sarah, and I definitely went into like how uncomfortable that made us. Yeah, I I am still in that place where I saw them start to you know come to life, and I just cringed, and I was like, "Don't say the R word twice, no." Right. And they had a couple of moments of being a little like, "Did we win the war?" And I was like, just "Shut up, go away." Um, so I didn't have the emotional response you did, but they didn't say the bad words, and maybe next time I watch it, I'll be able to have more of that you know connection. And I'm glad you definitely did. I think I'm just a a little scarred by having yeah. watched. I, I did understand. also just watch the other all seven episodes of the Clone Wars like much more recently than you <laughs> that's, did. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so a couple of things I noted. Um, I hope we get more of this at some point. But right now, I think it's very interesting how quickly. You know, granted, the the Bad Batch have always been kind of separate from the clones, but they 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 are still clones, and such a strong ethos of the clones is like you are my brother. You know, right. we're all together against everyone. And it does feel like these the Bad Batch have very quickly accepted the idea that the other clones are their enemies, and, and now they're just the enemy. Like mm-hmm. at one point, um, I think it was Echo who says, with clones now serving the Empire, knowing how to defeat them just went up in value. Right. Was that, was that something you were struck by at all? No, not really. Uh, but I, I hear you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I One thing I noticed was that they were using... They were, like, set to stun when they were shooting the, the humans on this mission. Yeah, um, But 
I I think uh, like that didn't strike me, but I feel like maybe it didn't strike me partially because I feel like the, the Bad Batch have never liked Regs. You know, yeah, that's true. I think they do feel like they are brothers. And then the rest of the clones are like annoying cousins Mm. is kind of more kind of how I see it. Like they're like, oh, all of you. And like Echo is a little bit of a special case and they got some respect for Rex along the way. But, you know, they like in that in that one, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in season seven of of the Clone Wars. But I, I, I do feel like they definitely feel different about the other clones than... And I, I feel like they established that a little bit in the kind of pilot movie episode. Right. You know, where, like, the clones, you know, the regs or whatever, are, like, being assholes. And they're like, get out of the way. And um, I think Tech is like, no, nothing's changed. <laughs> it's yeah. like, everything's still the same. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think it's, I think it's really fair. Yeah, and we've been developing that a little bit. Um, I, on a similar note, though, you you mentioned that the the humans uh, they, they use stun settings against them. We had a couple moments of like workers running around the factory, mm-hmm. you know, being clearly very scared. I liked that because I liked. I think often in these situations, it's very easy to fall into. Anybody who is ever in the way of our heroes must be working for the empire and thus bad and, and worthy of being killed. Right. And here, I think we pretty clearly saw, like, these people are innocent bystanders, and, like, they shouldn't be killed. And even though, like, yes, they are working for a facility that's doing work that helps the Empire. They're like, genociding droids. Yeah, you know, like, they're they're workers. They're doing what they knew, and they're trying to get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, I was about to, you know, I, I, because you're on this genociding thing, I was now like, does that mean they're just following orders? Like, <laughs> right. like, you're like, oh shit, this sounds like I'm justifying <laughs> Nazis. I mean, I, I don't think that the, 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 the genocide of the droids is a topic I'm as worked up as you are. So I'm able to be like, no, look, they're, they're just, they're doing their jobs. Right. And I like the show at least is able to make that kind of a differentiation. I, I agree. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm not going to go too far down that, that, uh, that rabbit hole, but, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't turn back. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I mean, they're I just done? doing their job, but like, it's like, is this a job that should be done? But like, yeah, I understand they're in this oppressive empire now and like, they were just working at a facility like this. Like, what was this facility doing before? Like, did it just get repurposed? Like, what's up with all the lava? Like, I, I think I think it's a scrapyard. I think scrap there's yard. lots of okay. places where they have like this yeah. is the way they dispose of metal. Right. Um. I know. mean, there has to be tons of droids that have been destroyed before. Right. right? Yeah. So I think it's like where they take droid parts and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, recycling is just not a thing. Like you don't sort cans. You don't like do things with droid metal parts to send them to recycling. Like we're just not environmentally conscious in this well, part of the, of the galaxy. I, I mean, unless they're just melting it all down in some sort of fashion, where that then they can they can turn it into maybe this is a recycling plant. No, okay, that's that's possible. You know, that's certainly possible. I don't know. Yeah. A uh, couple of little things. Um, what, what did you think of that moment of Wrecker saying, like, good soldiers and then hearing Crosshair's voice? Is, is that definitely about his chip acting up again? Yeah. I mean, I don't like it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Wrecker's... Oh, yeah. I didn't know that that was... You don't like? Huh? You were saying at the beginning there was something you didn't like. Is that what it is? That is the thing. That was the thing. Like, I from the first time he got the headache, I was like, oh, here we go. This is definitely going to be a thing, and I'm not going to like it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a thing. And the level to which I don't like it will depend on what the consequences of it are, basically. Whether I find it annoying or, like, I get mad at the show. But, like, yeah. it's just... this. It's that's not the show I want, you know, and right. like I get it there. It's some kind of like they're trying to build some kind of suspense in terms of like where things are going to go. And maybe there will end up being some infighting within the team because of it. And I don't know. I mean, I'll reserve final judgment until we see how it actually plays out. But like, it just feels to me like that's not going to go in. I mean, it's not going to go in a direction that the characters are going to enjoy. Right. And I feel like I will probably <laughs> be right there along with them like oh this isn't this isn't a good. Um yeah. but yeah, it I didn't even, I couldn't tell. It's interesting and maybe this is a a credit to D Bradley Baker who just if you listen to the last episode, I'm not trying to cancel. I was just trying to um <laughs> yeah. you know, make people just just give a thought to, you know, some yeah. things. Um but I I listened I listened to this episode in Spanish just now and it, um, I thought that was all Wrecker saying that. I didn't realize that that was Crosshair. So mm, yeah. maybe the characters, they are, I think, all voiced by the same person. Um, but maybe that person isn't doing quite as an effective job of making it clear who right. each of the different voices are. And I'll also say, I was watching subtitles, so it very clearly popped up, like, Crosshair's voice. Saying oh, this. okay. That helps, um, too. <laughs> I, I did hear the difference in the voice, but I also don't know, like... I, you know, if you would have without the, the timing of subtitles, often it comes up like a half second before you actually start hearing. Subtitles often have terrible comic timing. Oh, so um, bad. <laughs> but often, but also there, like, and so you know, maybe it's that I was listening for Crosshair's voice because of that. But I don't think like it. What it did sound like a distinctive voice in English, at least. I'm so sad now, though, that we did the podcast referencing Jupiter's legacy, and I never used the phrase ethereal tinkling. Oh God, yeah. Let's let we're moving on. We're just moving right on. Um, <laughs> Ethereal tinkling. Nope, nope. Fired. You're fired. Um, yeah. I I think I'm I'm, I'm not as against the record storyline as you are, but I'm definitely nervous about it. And I actually just quickly scanned the Facebook chat in the Stranded Panda group. Uh, you're all doing a great job. You're putting spoiler warnings, but people Excellent. are kind of sharing their thoughts on record, and some people are are worried about it as well. I think for me, the thing is that. I do like stories of divided loyalties. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's a very interesting story of when you are soldiers in an army and there's basically been a coup d'etat at the top, where is your loyalty? Like, do you yeah. keep following the orders of the – what is – I mean, by the laws of the republic, the transference from republic to empire is legal. You know, emergency powers were voted – and then he, you know, was given the power to make these declarations, and he made the declarations that he had the power to do. And, but obviously, also we always know it's completely legitimate for all these kind of awful reasons. That even that you might be like, eh, he's kind of taking that, you know, a uh, uh, state of emergency and stretching it pretty far there. <laughs> but like, I could easily imagine a lot of soldiers being like, "Look, this is our job to try and figure it out. Yeah. This is the commander in chief. This is who we take orders from." And so I would like there to be, like, Order 66 fades a little bit, and now we're kind of back to just thinking soldiers. And there's some real conflict among the clones about, like, who wants to follow, you know, this, or who's like, nah, this doesn't feel right to me anymore. Right. Like the rest of the clones. Right, exactly. And then yeah. the Bad Batch and Crosshair all kind of get mixed up in that. I think it part of what I don't—I I think you've said this before, and I, I'm now much more even on that side— 
mind control makes that conversation completely irrelevant Mm -hmm. because now there is no agency. It's just your chip works or your chip doesn't. Right. And in season seven of the Clone Wars, there's just a little bit of like the very best clones can kind of overcome it with help, but mostly they need like just 30 seconds of holding out so the Soka can knock them out and then take the chip out of their head. Right. But for the most part, it's like either the chip works or it doesn't and you either do the one thing or you don't. So if they can give some agency to it, if they can get us into a situation where both Wrecker and maybe even just those two or maybe others, but like both Wrecker and Crosshair are both sort of being pulled in both directions. And I think pretty clearly it'll be that Wrecker and Crosshair both come back to, you know, the Bad Batch side, but we don't know for sure. I think that's a story I would enjoy, but I think if it does just become about like fix the chip and he's good, break the chip and he's bad, that's not something I'm interested in. Yeah, so I I feel like Wrecker pretty clearly is not, like, of his own volition wanting to go along with the Empire and, you know, Order 66. I think with Crosshair, it's like they say, you know, oh, maybe his inhibitor inhibitor chip, whatever it is, uh, works a little better. Uh, But it feels also like maybe, you know, he's the sniper, like... Yeah. I, I don't know, like, maybe maybe that was partially agency, right? Deciding, kind of, like, maybe it wasn't entirely the chip. So that, That's I, certainly what I thought it was, yeah. That like, he was sort of the most, like, yeah, they tell us to kill the Jedi, kill the Jedi. Right, exactly. And so, like, Wrecker, I feel like, if the chip ends up being this really big plot thing, I, I don't really enjoy that. I think a story where all the characters have agency and are debating things the way you're saying, I think is great. I vastly would prefer that to all of this chip stuff. And um, I kind of think it would be, I think it would be very interesting if like they somehow capture Crosshair, they take the chip out and he's still like, you should have killed that Padawan, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that would be interesting if, if it's not just like, Oh, I got the chip out. Oh, okay. I'm good now. You know? Um, and I, I, you know, and I also think it would be interesting if they end up engaging some of the clones, uh, the other clones, and, you know, trying to get them to defect. And, right. you know, if, if some of them can have more agency. And particularly, I, I don't know. I mean, is there going to be a decommissioning, you know, a.k.a. Yeah. A, a clone genocide? Like, yeah. and th- that might feel a little different than, like, killing all the droids. Mm-hmm. Um but I think a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, whatever, they're just clones, you know? Right. I think um, it's true. I, I think I would just say, for one, me, one thing that is that, that I think is part of this is the droids are all turned off at the time they're being killed. For sure. Uh, you know, decommissioned, so there isn't, like, the active suffering in the moment. But, yeah, I, I think that's a there's a whole other thing we can get down into there. Yeah. No, there's um, definitely differences. I will yeah. acknowledge differences. I just think the differences aren't as uh, categorical. Right. As, it, They've clearly introduced the concept of sentience as mm-hmm. part of the droids, and I think that, that that has to have some moral value yeah. somewhere along the way. I, there's just one other line from the show that I wanted to uh, highlight, because I think it's, it's part of all this conversation we're getting into about like what's going to happen with Wrecker and Crosshair and, and Agency and stuff like that. And it's funny because literally just a couple of hours ago, you and I and Jessica Plummer were recording this episode that will, will come out in like a week and a half from when this episode will come out, but all about this concept of, you know, superheroes and and like when should they use lethal force and like should they have a code 
that tells them exactly what to do mm. or should they have like you know they should they have to make hard decisions mm-hmm. instead of just following this rigid code and so as part of that i loved that hunter says you know as he's having this conversation with uh rafa uh, i think it's how you pronounce it rafa right rafa martez yeah yeah as he's having this conversation Funny, with rafa yeah. the older of the martez sisters and she's kind of talking about how she's helping the 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 people fighting the empire she's not just out for money and he says things were clearer when we were just soldiers and i just love that line mm. because i yeah. think it's one of those that i mean it has so much significance for for our own world for every, like any kind of military situation that's mm-hmm. always the case you think of like captain america when he was just you know oh nick fury tells me to do this i'm going to do it you know before he started to have his eyes opened like um you know uh all the stuff we talked about in terms of jupiter's legacy and stuff like that i think this is it's such an interesting theme of when you're a soldier and you're just following orders, you don't have to ask questions, which right. is, I think, how we're highlighting is that that's always bad. But especially for them now, when they're not following orders, they have to follow their own lead. This is a lot more complicated. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they, they have just like no experience with it. Right. I mean, their yeah. life to this point, to, to the point when they, they left is like they were, you know, they were born in test tubes, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Out of test tubes. And then they were raised in this very sterile, like, just taught to be a soldier environment. And then they were soldiers. And that was every day. Yeah. And, you know, and they're not as old, actually, in terms of experience as, um, you know, a, a, a non-clone human, right? Because their right. their aging has been accelerated. So they haven't right. even had as much time to, even while following orders, to, to have thoughts and feelings right. and experience the world. I've talked before about how um, it's not official because these books are now part of legends. They're not official canon. But there's a series of novels called Republic Commando that's mm. about kind of a core group of, uh, you know, clones. But it also gets a lot into just like the inner life of clones in general. And one of the things it talks about is like clones talking about like what would we do after the war? Right. Uh, you know, because that's never been assumed. And like clones kind of like going out into Coruscant when they're on leave and have no idea what to do. For a number of reasons, I'm hoping we get at least one or two episodes that are now probably still have the Bad Batch in them, but are primarily on Coruscant, like showing like what Crosshair's going through, what Tarkin's doing. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it though if we see like some clones just like trying to live their life in Coruscant, figure out what life is like outside of being in this army, and it, because it's such a disaster, that's part of you know why Tarkin the Empire are like, eh, you know what, maybe we uh, decommission these folks as well. Yeah, I think that would be a very interesting, probably super depressing story. <laughs> That's unfortunately probably true. Uh, well, I want to hear if you have any kind of last comments, but I'll, I'll because of that, I'll end on one happy note. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, just go for it. I've had okay. a, I, I've, I've had a day. <laughs> That's and fine. Let, you know, we're we're only about fifty percent longer than the the media itself that we're discussing. So. Yeah. When Paul and I have now, within the last like eight hours or so, recorded a full podcast. And then also uh, recorded a Twitch stream talking about poker and uh, uh, queer representation in media. So we, we've been doing a lot today. <laughs> um, definitely check out both of our Twitch streams. We'll, we'll pawn that at the end. Uh, poke that at that. I don't know what the hell the word. We'll do something about that <laughs> we'll at the t- end. We'll s- promote it. I also streamed for an hour and a half, as I do every day at 10 a.m. Pacific, yeah. <laughs> noon Central. Okay, there. You don't have to do anything. Zen Madman go. at Twitch. It's a great stream. Check it out. My stream is The Ethical Panda. I'm streaming... Mostly Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays around 9 or 9.30 p.m., but uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, 
I think I also think that I think that sound captured the the vocal of my hands going up in a shrug and who knows. Yeah, no, I I saw it in my mind's eye. <laughs> There's a lot go. of body language in that sound. We're now at three a.m. Anyway, I am convinced that somewhere in the writers' room for the show, before they had penned a single episode, someone said, "Look, given the name of the character, at some point in one of these sixteen episodes." A character, like someone is going to say something and then someone else is going to repeat something and a character is going to say, is there an echo in here? And Echo is going to say yes. And then they all went, that's a brilliant joke. And they just went like, okay, what episode did we stick it into? Because when it happened, I laughed. And I was also like, that's the most obvious joke in the world. How did I not know to expect that joke at some point? But then again, the character was also the Clone Wars. And how did I, I in some degree, the patience what? they had. To right. not make that joke through all of the Clone Wars and, and to finally it use it now. Like, it was brilliant. I loved it. I don't think that joke was in the Spanish version, so I missed it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now I'm sad. What part of the episode was it? I need to find it. I need to find this joke that is this ray of hope. George Lucas said to Dave Filoni, you have to give children hope. And yes. this joke is hope <laughs> that th- if you have this kernel of an idea for a joke, someday it may blossom. It's at one point when one of the Martez sisters, I think it's Rafa, is talking to a couple of the clones and they're arguing back and forth and kind of one of them repeats something the other has said. And this is before Rafa has been like introduced to them. And Rafa says, like, oh, you like kind of like you said that. Is there an echo right. in here? And Echo just looks up and goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> nice. Made me so happy. So anyway, um, that's all we're going to say about this episode. We want to know what you have to think. <laughs> <laughs> so tired and i'm gonna edit this before i go to bed tonight oh uh, uh, yeah but leave that part in because yeah, of gold. course of course no we're not we're not cutting any of this out it's all an outtakes episode anyway we'd love to know what you think uh you can find us on uh you can email uh the ethical panda at gmail.com uh we'd love feedback love comments critiques tell us what you love tell us what you don't tell us who you think is in the robe uh tell us any of the things you think are coming up uh we'd love to hear more about that you can also find us on Facebook or on Twitter at The Ethical Panda. Uh, as Paul mentioned, he is Zen Madman. Just go at Zen Madman. You can find him on Twitch, on Twitter, lots of places like that. Lots of awesome stuff that he's doing about poker and things like that. I'm streaming now at The Ethical Panda on Twitch.tv. There you can hear me find. <laughs> there you can hear me finding. There you can find me talking about poker and the kind of issues we talk about here. Kind of just, you know, balancing it back and forth, trying to have some fun. Um... If you like podcasts like this, you want to find more like them, definitely check out strandedpanda.com. There you'll find podcasts about uh, the Marvel Universe, uh, the Star Trek Universe, my ethics podcast, Binger's Assemble, which is talking about, you know, any kind of sequel that's out there. We're probably reviewing all the stuff that came before so that we can jump right on the newest thing that comes out. We've done stuff about, uh, they've done stuff about Godzilla and Kong. They're getting ready to do stuff about Dune, all kinds of great stuff. So on behalf of myself, Paul, thank you all so much. Go to sleep. Not if you're driving, though. <laughs> no, not if you're driving. <laughs> Who's in the robe? Yeah, I did want there to be a, like, what's in the box? Who's in the robe? <laughs> Wait, you were hearing that, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, that? I totally was. I, totally <laughs> I was, was like, who's in the robe? But then I was like, oh, we've got that other closer. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm going to sleep. We're Have gone. a wonderful okay. trip wherever you go. I will upload this immediately. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Thanks. Bye.